Hi everyone, it's Charlie and Laura from Studio 17 Brighton here. And you're listening to Notes to Self, an art podcast with special guests from across the arts and culture sector. Laura? Yes? It's our first podcast. I know, crazy right, and we have got a great one to kick off with. I'm so excited for people to hear this one. Exactly. We have got Elle McAlpine, who is the intimacy coordinator on Russell T Davies' hit UK-British series, It's a Sin. So if you've ever wondered how you get those sexy scenes and how the actors are looked after, this one's for you. Definitely. And Elle is an absolute dream. Yeah, and funny. So tune in. Here it is. Our first guest on Note to Self is... Intimacy coordinator, actress, all-round legend, Elma Cowpey. Yay! What an intro! <laughs> what an intro! Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I guess we should start by explaining to everyone how we know each other. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, do you want to go, or shall I? I'll, I'll start. Okay. Um, so our wonderfully beautiful and gorgeous friend Elizabeth Bennett um Dr Elizabeth Bennett Bennett. god let's not forget that oh she'll kill me (laughs) um she Dr Elizabeth Bennett introduced us I I think it was one of her birthday parties wasn't it it was definitely her 25th birthday party. her 25th birthday party we got really um well no we, we relatively mildly drunk um I think I asked you if I said oh I've um I've bought vodka but I've got I've run out of mix it was at about <laughs> 11 o'clock at night that I realized we were gonna get on really well because I went oh I've got vodka but I've got no mixer and you went I've got wine and I think <laughs> you, I think you meant um I've got Wine, would you like some? I took that as... Shall we mix them? Shall we mix the bottle? <laughs> yeah. Which is yes. always a yes for Charlie. I haven't drunk it since. Um, and you were an actress. Oh, you still are, but you were um, not very... You were, you were kind of uh, frustrated a bit that things weren't quite happening. Um, you were, it, you know, you'd only just graduated, really. Mm. Um, yeah, um, and then you, you kind of took me under your wing, didn't you? a bit I just started working at a small agency Mm. and that shall remain nameless and I (laughs) uh I just started taking on my own clients and um I stole you didn't I I approached you you did um and then within about six months you were touring Italy in a yeah in a play um and then when you came back, I'd left and moved to Curtis Brown. Yes. And st- I stole you again. You did. Breaking <laughs> all the golden did. rules. <laughs> I know. I was so lucky. Um, and then you've had a very successful career as an actress. Um, mm. But as you said from the beginning, you choose not to put yourself as an actress first because you think the intimacy coordinator stuff is more interesting. And me and Wags were talking, sorry, I say Wags, Laura. Um, me and Laura were talking and we just thought the intimacy coordinator would be a really awesome thing to start this podcast with. Mainly because 
I don't really know much about it. And I was like, I want to ask all the questions. Like, I want to delve in there and see. So basically, we wanted you to, to kick us off and just give us like a brief intro of what an intimacy coordinator is and how you actually made that transition um, from acting into, into intimacy. Yeah, well, so I'll start with, maybe I'll start with the transition. So I, okay. um, just cause I think it sort of segues into, follows on quite nicely. So I went to Drama Center and I met Ito O'Brien, who is my, uh, was, was my movement teacher um, and is head of intimacy on set. Um, and she, as I was graduating, she had sort of started sharing the work um, predominantly with students and um, the work basically being workshops focused around consent, focused around um, the guidelines, the intimacy on set guidelines, um, bringing pieces of script that had intimate moments and just showing how you can create an intimate, sort of using intimate moments to tell a story in and of themselves. And she needed actors to basically work with her in a workshop capacity to show either drama schools, as I was coming into it, it was to start showing the industry. So my first workshop was in front of Chrissy Illy, who is um, a Sunday Times journalist. <laughs> and um, we did, I did a scene from Cowboy Mouth, which is a Patti Smith, um, Simon Stevens, what's his name? A really famous American writer, actor. Can't remember his name, but I will I'll remember it. Um, it's a it's a play um, based on their kind of relationship. And I did it with a friend of mine from drama school. Thank, thank God I did it with him. But we went through, so just to break down the kind of very simple steps of what um, we would provide on set as, an, as intimacy coordinators. You do agree, agreement and consent of touch. So whoever it is that you're working with in that intimate scene, you agree areas of touch that you either, um, first you go with a kind of just a general hug and then you touch all over the body. And what we say as, as intimacy coordinators is, is the no is a very, very good word. We like the word no, the power of no. And if it's a maybe, then it's a no. Um, so that's the sort of beginning bit of it. And then we, um, then you sort of like, look at the physical and emotional journeys of the scene and then you choreograph it and then you put it all together and it makes a seamless beautiful scene so I was working on this particular scene which was very very um explicit and I remember doing the workshop and feeling very um embodied in the work it was a sort of warm-up that we did and then we went into like animal looking at animals and the way that animals um mate because when they mate there's no inhibitions there so it's and it's a wonderful way to look at um how bodies move in space and what different rhythms happen with different animals um and the way in which you can kind of get characters pluck characters from different animals like you've got the, the sort of dog and the way that they that they mate. it's like a teenage boy you know and it's like <laughs> sort of like um and i remember just I, I remember just loving it and i remember feeling really inspired by it and feeling really safe because I knew Ita and um, she's just a wonderful uh, practitioner in the way that she sort of delivered the work and the journalists were there and the photographers were there and we did this scene and I so there's like a, a climactic moment in this scene and I was fully clothed but I was like I was on my back and I was 
coming to climax. And the photographer came and just went and took this photograph. And I thought, and I knew, I was like, they are gonna use that in the Sunday Times magazine. They're gonna, they're gonna use that. And lo and behold, it was like a double page spread of my face and like veins popping out on my neck. Well, but I- Authentic. It was very, very authentic. <laughs> Um, it looked, it looked pretty insane, but I remember thinking, this is a national magazine and I feel amazing and I don't feel any, I don't feel vulnerable, I don't feel ashamed, I don't feel um, taken advantage of and I think if you had told me prior to doing that workshop that I would be in a double page spread in the Sunday Times pretending to have an orgasm I probably would have cried yeah and so then I was like gosh this is amazing this this sort of way of working this way of creating a scene and you know I think as an actor whenever you whenever you lose yourself a little bit whenever you do something that surprises you that is completely out of it takes you completely just takes you somewhere else it's always so inspiring um and I think just as a creative person and, and seeing just seeing the possibility and the potential in this work to create phenomenal scenes just I loved it so I started working with Ita um and a couple of others on a kind of regular basis showing the work to in to the industry getting the kind of fairly new so I think like I think um you're right I think you did have to show it to the industry and you'd have yeah. to kind of say to people this is how it sh this is how it should be done yeah in a, in a world of me too yeah. and in a world where people have spent a really long time not being okay with it but having to act their way of being okay with it this is a way of being okay with it and getting a really good scene totally and you know I'd had experiences on set before in like short films that I'd done that were just often sort of film it the filmmakers were men the crew were all men and as a female young female actor having to go in and I remember saying to the makeup artist on one of the shoots I was like can you just come in can you just come in the room with me because there's no other female body in that room um and that's also not fair on makeup artists because they don't they don't want to hold it's such it's such a delicate job and it's taught me so much about holding space for people um, and makeup artists that's not their that's not their remit they're there to do the makeup and they're there to make you look beautiful or whatever like it they shouldn't have the responsibility to hold people's vulnerability in a space like that and it often has fallen to costume and makeup on film and tv sets to support actors through that um, and I, I don't mean I mean they've, they've done an incredible job an amazing job I'm sure they have but I'm sure they've thought, God, I wish there was somebody here that could just help with this. Um, yeah, that's, that's not their specialised skill. They're probably no. feel out of their depth, don't they? Is there, is there anything that's legally in place now that, um, that sets have to have intimacy coordinators? I think it's getting there. I know that SAG in the States now, I'm not sure if it's a legally binding um, document that says you have to have an intimacy coordinator but I think I mean there was an article that came out I think a couple of weeks ago that Kira Knightley basically said I'm not doing yeah. I'm not doing sex scenes with yeah, with male that. directors which I was sort of mulling over that and I know some male directors and I've had the, the privilege of working with some incredible male directors who have wonderful practice when it comes to this work um, and I also know amazing male intimacy coordinators so it, it's a difficult, it's a difficult 
sort of conversation around completely shutting out men because I do think if you've got a male director and there's still majority of directors are men but you've got if you, and you've got that kind of gaze if you have a female intimacy coordinator I think I think something beautiful could ha can happen there um which this is not sort of rejecting what Kira Knightley said you know she's had her own experiences and I completely I completely hear her um and I'm sure you know she just doesn't want to do that anymore perhaps she's coming at it from a place where she throughout her early career um in uh, spanning over the last sort of 15 years she she grew up in a on sets where intimacy coordinators totally um, so she had to deal with that um without having someone like you on set yeah so, um can we talk about it's a sin of course we can because that's taken over i know it's incredible so so good how was that for you so that was my maybe my second job um wow yeah and you know there's not been intimacy there's intimacy coordinators didn't exist until 2017 so I went and I started training in 2018 and then got on set in 2019 um and the production company the team I'd actually worked with the production company on Gentleman Jack when I was in Gentleman Jack so it was quite it was a lovely kind of cyclical thing because I knew the producer I knew um the casting director because he cast me in Gentleman Jack and so it felt it just felt really wonderful because I'd already got a sense I already knew the kind of the company that I was working with I knew the producer I didn't know um Peter and I didn't know the creative team but I think it's always a little bit easier with the creative team because you spend a lot more time with them um, to, to kind of build those relationships. But I remember sitting in the read through and just magic happened. It was just one of those moments where you think, I, this is something else. This is, this is going to touch the world in a completely different way. And so you, you kind of, from the read through, you went, this is really, really special. Yeah, yeah, just the way in which they all were kind of connecting across the table. And, and it's hard to do that in a table read. It, it's really? hard, but they, yeah, they were all, they were all just so, um, sorry, it's absolutely freezing in my flat. I'm going to get my blanket. Go off your lovely living room. <laughs> I'm like, my teeth are chattering. Um, it, yeah, it was just, it was just magical and you know i think the writing the whole the whole i mean it, it was the same in obviously in the script as it is in the in the show um but the way in which it starts so joyous and that's sort of where the intimacy um really shines and that those first couple of series uh, first couple of episodes because it's all about um it's all about the joy of sex it's all about the kind of the love between gay men and how they how this this love for each other and this just joy of being with each other's bodies in this very oppressive society yeah. um kind of came through th in this little world that 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 was created um and for a lot of those actors it was their first correct me if i'm wrong but for some of them it was their first major jobs leaving school yeah, so yeah. For them, 
they're walking into an amazing series with an amazing script and amazing creative team, but they're also being asked to do quite challenging work. Um, and so Ooh. how do you as an intimacy coordinator put them at ease? And how do you, well, you know, when you meet them on set or you, and you start to build those relationships with them and you, you start to kind of take them through that process, how do you, what do you do to kind of get the best out of them? So this was a, um, this is a wonderful sort of starting point because as a show to work on at the beginning, because we were given time, um, we were given a week's rehearsal um, just to kind of get the boys into their bodies, just to explore the physicalities. I mean, Omari Douglas is a, an incredible, I think he, he's got just got the, his movement, his ability to move, his ab ability to be connected to his body. Um, he plays, uh, um, Oh my God, completely, completely forgotten his name. Yes. Um, let me find out. Uh, Mari Douglas is his name, and he plays the character of Roscoe. There we go. Um, so he plays Roscoe, and he's this sort of very vivacious, very out there. And and it was just amazing to to work with him initially because he was just very free in his body. So sometimes you get actors who who have done a lot of theatre or who have done a bit of theatre and who just are embodied as performers. So they can utilise their bodies in, in ways that makes the work that I do very easy. Um, uh, sometimes you have actors who just are quite stiff, so you have to get them into their bodies and that, that can take a bit of time. But we were just lucky with the boys because they were so, um, they all got on so well, so quickly. Say, that must make the world of difference, doesn't it? You could, I think you can tell even on screen, like when that kind of intimacy is there or even not in those scenes that just the chemistry between everyone you 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 sort of realize that that's something extra special that isn't just acting i mean they're all incredible actors i've no doubt about that but that is like next level Which like completely heartbreaking yeah you know yeah. when they start to lose each other then that's why because the you know yeah um, um how how does it work in terms of so when does the director come to you with um, an idea of how he sees a scene and you work out with the actors how best to do that? Or does it come from the actors or does it come from you? Or is it just a mash of everyone's ideas? It very much depends on the production. So okay. um, with, with It's a Sin, it, was, it felt very collaborative. Um, and Peter Hoare is just, he's just such an amazing director. He, he, there was no ego, there was no, um, he wasn't holding too tightly onto anything. Russell's right, also, I have to credit Russell because his writing was so detailed. So what is so joyous sometimes is that you have these scripts that, which I think it was the same with normal people, where it's so um, it's so beautifully articulated on the page that all you have to do as an intimacy coordinator is pluck those sort of golden nuggets and just implement them into into the scene. Um, it's there for you on the page. Sometimes all it says is he has sex with her, or they make love, or she she masturbates, or whatever. And so then there's a little bit more of a, like a kind of creative discussion between you and the director and the actors and what kind of, what the, what's the shape of the scene? What are the beats of the scene? Um, sometimes you are there as a fire, as a firefighter. You're, you've literally got no access um, and that's happened and that's difficult because you see bad practice and you can't, I've worked on huge shows and just had to stand there 
and watch things happen and think that I can't, I can't sit here and watch this happen <laughs> because yeah. this is not good practice, but you have no power. We don't have power yet as intimacy coordinators. We can't say to the showrunners or say to, we can't halt the action when you can see someone looking very vulnerable. And so it's this, sometimes it's this sort of push and pull. It's like, right, I'm gonna pick my battles here because if I can't get access, but I can see someone's vulnerable, how do I manage that? So a lot of the, a lot of the job is managing people um, and also managing, managing people who have been in this industry for a very, very long time. And it's like a very well-oiled machine and we try and just slip in and make the machine run smoothly. But because of the work that we do, it, we can come up against a bit of resistance um, because we just ask for time. <laughs> it's like, could you just give yeah, us some time to coordinate and choreograph and time's what scene? they usually don't have, isn't it? Time's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. And does that mean that normal people was your first job? Well, no, so normal people was Eta, my boss did it. Um, oh, okay. But we were very much, because it was the beginning of, of intimacy on set. So we were yes. all very much kind of part of, um, you know, talking, she was she was very, it's very, pri obviously these, you have to be very private with what you discuss, but we were training at the time. And, you know, she, as that, as it sort of came out, she just, it was, a, it was amazing to sort of see the scenes and having sort of spoken about, little bits of the scenes that she'd worked on and how they'd explored that um, was really great for me as a, as a kind of trainee intimacy coordinator before I went on set. Um, but you know, Ita worked on that. So that was, that was Ita. Amazing. Um, do you think it helps coming from an actor's perspective, having trained as an actor, is that, is that really useful for you? I think so. I don't, um, I think people could be intimacy coordinators without an acting, um, without an acting training or an acting background. I think what what ha helps is that I'm I kind of am empathetic towards them. I understand what they're going through, so um, it, it helps sort of having the informed understanding of an actor's process um, and also the director's process and know and knowing what it's like to work with a director as an actor. Um, it's been an interesting shift for me becoming part of a crew or becoming part of the crew because I was just so used to being ferried around on set as an actor and you're so well looked after and everything is done for you and you don't have to want for anything. You've got to make your own coffee. Yeah, yeah I know. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? <laughs> Where's the tea Yeah, I know. But then as an actor, you crave that. You crave because everything's done for you. You're like, oh, I want to go to the, to the little coffee stand and just make myself my own coffee. But they're not. They're like coming up bringing coffee to you so it's been it's been amazing seeing and and becoming um you know getting close to production and and understanding the way in which films and tv work from a production perspective but i do think being an actor and, and i have a background in movement as well so the choreography the sort of choreography side of it um i really enjoy and it, I, yeah i do think it helps but we've got amazing practitioners who are not um, who have an understanding of the acting process, but who aren't maybe necessarily actors, are movement directors or directors or whatever. And I think I think it all informs it. Um, but yeah, my experience as an actor, I think it does it does help. I can relate to actors quite quite well because of that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think? I mean, you mentioned, and I, I didn't know this, that intimacy coordination wasn't really a thing until two thousand seventeen. Um, do you think now that 
this is going to, I mean, quite rightly, I think it should be, but do you think this is going to be something that people expect rather than a nice to have? You know, as, as, as things move, move forward and we become, I think as, a, as an industry, not necessarily as a world, because we're massively divided still, but as, as an industry, we're a very thoughtful, caring, at times thoughtful and caring um, industry. And I think there is this young blood that's coming through that, that turns around and go, actually, it's not okay. And it's not a, like a middle-aged man, rich man, white man, <laughs> cisgendered man's world <laughs> anymore. And it's okay to turn around and say, I'm not comfortable with that. And I think in terms of filming sex scenes and sexy material that requires people to feel vulnerable and therefore they need the ability to say no I don't feel comfortable with that mm -hmm. um, do you think that's going to be something that is expected and is that what you would hope for that it would be something expected in theatre and film and tv definitely I think there's a there's a fine line with this work because you never want to step on director's toes um and you know i have there's situations where it, it sometimes you're a bit like oh that was maybe a bit too I, I went a bit too far there that's not my job i'm not directing this sex scene unless i'm asked to um in which case great and that's when our skills flourish because you're suddenly able to do what you can do and create great scenes but you have to remember that if you're working with a director it's their baby and so I think that's the most important relationship. And I think when you can establish, when we can begin to establish that relationship and when directors can feel that, that we're not taking their autonomy away from them, that we're not taking anything away from them, we're, we're trying to enhance something like a stunt coordinator does for a fight scene or a choreographer does for a dance in the show. It's just, it's just we, have a, we have an ability, we have a training, we have an understanding of working with intimate scenes. So I absolutely hope that that becoming that the intimacy coordinators become a norm, but I do think that directors have the ability to learn this stuff so that if they wanted to, um, they could then implement these skills on their own. Um, but I think, you know, I was working with a director the other day and I realized a lot of directors um, are quite performer focused but a lot of directors are very camera focused and so you you rarely have well no that's a lie you don't really you always have directors who are doing both but sometimes they are more than the other or sometimes they've just got a million one things going on that the that, that, that seeing a vulnerable seeing somebody just shift seeing somebody do something that they thought that they were comfortable doing but then something happens in the middle of the day it's the 50th take of the same scene and you just can notice a pullback from an actor they're probably not paying attention to that because they've got a lot going on. So if you just have somebody on set whose main job, my main job on set is to look out for that. It's to make sure that the story that is being told, so the penetration is going in the right hole, that it looks like it's vaginal sex, that it's not anal sex, just because of the angle of the bodies, that it looks like he's actually masturbating, that his hand's not going too fast, it looks like he's about to pull his penis off. Like those small details, which I think as an actor, sometimes you just over, you just over, I was joking. I realize I'm so desensitized to this, I'm so desensitized. I like just talk, so I don't know the wank. 
<laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's really well, really well said. Um, I'm really important. Um, um, thank you, Elle, um, for all your time. We don't want to take up too much more. It's been amazing. Um, what we are asking everyone in this podcast series um, is if you were to give your 18-year-old self a note, what would it be? Um, I think it would be don't be too hard on yourself. Life ebbs and flows and follow your curiosities as well as your passion because curiosities sometimes lead to something surprising and that can be really fulfilling. I mean, that's a good note. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because then something even better happens. <laughs> something like even more surprising or you'd never imagine. I never would have imagined working with the people that I'd work with. I've had access to people that I never would have had access to as a as a performer. And that's fun. Right? Amen, sis. Amen, honey. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. No. It's been lovely to speak to you and to actually find out more about it all because I literally apart from the knowing that the role vaguely exists, I had no idea how, how, why, what. Um, so thank you so much for, for shedding some light for us. My pleasure. The, it was a beautiful show. It is a beautiful mm. show. The sex mm. scenes are thank gorgeous. You. They don't like, it's not like that. They just happen as part of the story. Yeah. Um, it's not, I don't remember any of them in particular over any of the rest of the story, if that makes sense. I just remember mm. it as like, a big five episodes of laughing and orgies and crying. And crying. And crying. And so much crying. Yeah, it was gorgeous and bravo to you and bravo Thank to you. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And good luck with this. This is a wonderful, wonderful idea. You're doing gorgeous things, guys. Right. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. I found that so interesting. There was so much that I didn't know and I mm. didn't even know existed that um, that was amazing. I think what she was saying and what you were saying about it being so new to the industry. Right. I had no idea it was only 2017. No, it's madness, isn't it? You just assume that these things are in place. Mm. And, um, and it isn't until you actually look deeper into it, you're like, oh, it's crazy. Like, how was it before? <laughs> Right, exactly. That's kind of what made me think, like, think about, if I think about when I was kind of growing up, all of the, like, things like Sex and the City and even, like, the UK trashy versions, like Footballers' Wives, that used to have really, like, risque, kind of sexy scenes, what the actors, the, the actors must have just been so vulnerable without having someone there to look out for their vulnerability and make sure that they're okay. Yeah, um, definitely. I guess and it's I think... a way a way that we kind of show that we're really moving forward as a sector and I, I kind of just I really hope that it's something um, it, that is carried on and continued. Mm. I think actors have to push for it as well. It, like yeah. in a way if if you got given a script 
that had that, I guess it's the question of being like, oh, can I just check? Mm. Will there be an intimacy coordinator? Um, It just puts it out there a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. And like like she was saying, it's she's there to protect the director as well, more than more as much as the actors. I mean, um, yeah, it's really important work. And um, aside from all of the jokes about um, being on in a Sunday Times spread, having an orgasm and all of that, and as, as, as in spite of um, Elle being a complete um, legend, I just think uh, it's an area of the industry that no one really knows about and no one's really yeah. talking about. And so I guess it's time to start that conversation, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Get it out there. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone that made it this far for listening. Yeah, first one done. And we've got lots of incredible people lined up for you. Exactly. So um, until next time, see you soon. Bye.